Oh, what a special day it is to come to the table of grace as we will observe the elements in a few moments. There are two ordinances in uh, most Protestant churches, and especially uh, in the Baptist faith and tradition, we have two. One is you just witnessed it. Uh, it was baptism. And the second one is what we are going to uh, partake of today is communion, uh, Eucharist, Lord's Supper, last meal. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. It's proliferated through the Bible, through the Gospels, and we get to partake this morning. And I just want to go ahead and ask you now to begin to prepare your hearts, prepare your mind, your hands, your will, as we will submit to the Lord in a moment in an act of worship as our deacons will come, and we will give you a piece of bread at the, at the beginning, and we'll ask you to hold on just a second. When everybody gets that piece of bread, we'll read Scripture and eat it, and then they'll come back around and give you the juice, and hold on. We'll read Scripture, and we will drink the juice. And as we do that, just like baptism, that water has no magical potency about it, and so this is just bread and juice. But I'll tell you what does have potency is what it represents. What the metaphor behind it is the literal cleansing of Jesus Christ that He gives to us when He died for us on the cross and arose from the dead, and we get the grand privilege to come and worship the Lord in such a way. So how do we prepare? How do we get ready? as we come to the table. Well, I felt the Lord lead me this week to the book of James. And I'm going to read a passage of Scripture to you, James chapter 4. And let me just give you a little bit of brief background about the Apostle James, who is the half-brother of Jesus Christ. He is the leader of the church of Jerusalem around A.D. 40, 44 or so, around that time frame. As the pastor of the burgeoning, growing church of Jerusalem, uh, he was greatly persecuted, taken to the top of the pinnacle there of the temple. And he was cast down and he died a martyr's death. But before he died, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he pens these words so that you and I can be fed today, that we can feast on the Word of God, that we can be encouraged and we can be blessed. And, and by the way, this is James. James has no problem just slapping you spiritually in the face. Can I just go ahead and tell you that? I mean, James will just kind of get in your face and he'll just kind of slap you around. But then after that, he has this wonderful way of blessing and encouraging and giving hope and peace and joy. And you know what I found? I found that we need that. I don't know about you, but I need that. I, need, I don't need just the grace, the mercy, the love, and the compassion, but I also need the proverbial slapping in the face every now and then. You know what I'm saying? It's to wake me up. It's to get my attention. It's to draw me closer to God. Because I'm telling you, Christianity is about us recognizing who God is and then recognizing who we are, humbling ourselves before God. And by the way, that's painful. It's painful when you recognize your sin and when you are convicted by the Holy Spirit. I mean, is it not? I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? When the Holy Spirit grabs you and convicts you, there's a time of brokenness. Uh, there's a time of humility and repentance and saying, God, I'm sorry, but watch this. James says, that's right, and now enjoy God's grace and enjoy His favor and His blessing. Last week, I rode the furthest I'd ever ridden on a bike. I went 40 miles, and I'm telling you, if you've never done it, you owe it to yourself to do it before you die, or it just might kill you when you're doing it. All right, when you drive, ride 40 miles. And so we were riding, and it was a beautiful day, and, and so we got to uh, only two or three miles into the, 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 the run or the ride, and uh, now, if you've never ridden on one of these bicycles, I mean, you've, you've got to put your foot into this pedal and it latches in, okay? 
latches in, and this one latches in, and you're pedaling along. You remember Mike Miracle, you told me one time, you said, it's not if you fall, it's what? It's when you fall. Well, let me tell you about my fall, all right? So I'm riding that bicycle with the Jones, and we come up to a red light, and these two big old Harley Davidsons come up right beside me, and it just scared the ibijibis out of me. I just started shaking, and I forgot that I unclipped this foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you, whatever side you unclip, that's where you lean and you catch yourself. Well, those big old Harley Davidsons rumbled next to me, and I forgot that I unclipped this one, thought I unclipped that one, and there it was, and I could feel myself. It's an awful feeling. I mean, literally, it's timber. You, you just start going. And Mike also told me, don't put your hand out, you'll break your wrist. And I was like, oh, no, I can't put my hand out. So in that split second, I said, I'm just going to take it. And I did, and I took it right there on the shoulder, and I scraped my knee, and even the seat on the bike Gary, I didn't think about that, but your seat turned, and I, I fixed it since then. But anyhow, I mean, I'm, I'm laid out on the floor, and I, and I hop up, and I get back on my bike. Man, that hurt. It hurt to fall. And then I got to thinking, oh, no. I've still got 30-something miles, and when I get home, I know I'm going to have to take a shower, and that's going to spoil it. You know, you, you ever got one of the big old scrapes, and that water hits, and it just like stings like crazy? And I'm I kept thinking about it. I got to get a shower. I got to get a shower. Now, let me ask you something. What if I went home, and I'm all stinky and sweaty, and, and I say, you know what? It's going to hurt, so I'm not going to get a shower. I'm just going to let that dirt and that grime and that gravel just fester up in there. And not only that, I'm not even going to take a bath. I'm just going to get in the bed with my wife, all right? And let, let, let's say I did that. Let's just say, well, I just, hey, hey, honey, how are you doing? Man, she's going to say, you stink so bad. Get out of here. I don't care if it hurts. Go get you a shower. That's a lot like Christianity. You say, wait, wait a minute, bike, fall, motorcycle. What, what does that got to do with Christianity? Christianity sometimes painful. And, and there's, a, there's some hurt there. There's some brokenness there. But unless you deal with it, it's only going to get worse. Unless you say, Lord, this is going to be a little painful, but I'm going to humble myself, and I'm going to repent of my sins. And then when you do that, and yes, it hurt. When I took that shower and I rubbed that, that, uh, that uh, soap in there and cleaned it out, and then it began to heal. For some of you, for the first time, you need to hear the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And it goes like this. You are a sinner. You are broken. You're messed up. You need to be fixed. You need to be helped. And until you agree to that, until you say, Lord, I believe that and I accept that, then there will be no help or no healing. So watch James. He just, he just has this powerful double-barrel punch of truth and grace, reprimand, restoration, rebuke, and joy. Just, just watch him as he mingles this together in a powerful text, and then we're going to come to the, the table. He says, or do you think that the Scripture says in vain? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God who dwells in us, yearns jealously. He is jealous for us. He loves us, okay? But He gives more grace. Therefore, God says, He resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. You hear, you hear this dichotomy? Do you hear this grace or, or law and grace? And do you hear this truth and mercy? Do you hear this rebuke and encouragement? He says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 
draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Now, here it is. I tried to prepare you best I could for James, but here he comes. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. That's James. He's preaching. He says, lament, mourn, weep, let. All four of those verbs are imperative verbs. In fact, there are ten Greek imperative verbs in this one passage of Scripture that I'm reading you. In James 4, 5 through 10, there are ten commands. Four of them are right here. Lament, mourn, weep, and let. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and let your joy be turned to gloom. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. So, what I want us to do this morning is I want us to look at these ten commands very quickly. We're just going to walk through them very quickly, and then we're going to look at the seven promises that James… Did I just hear you say, preacher, you got a 17-point sermon, come down. Is that what you just said? That's what I said. But don't be nervous. Don't, don't be all concerned, because we're going to move quickly through the text, because we've got somewhere we need to go. All right, you ready? We got to get to the table of grace where there's mercy, and there's forgiveness, and there's compassion, there's restoration, there's joy. Mm, listen, I'm so glad you're here today. Have I not told you that yet? I'm thrilled that you're here today. You may be a guest today. You may be a member here. You've been a member here all your life. We're thrilled that you're here. And every single one of us comes, we come with needs. We come with hurts. And we come with concerns and brokenness, and, and God, just like God, He takes us right where we are. He speaks truth to us. He gives us these commands, and then He begins His work of grace. He begins His work of restoration and healing. First of all, let's look at the commands. There are ten of them. Number one, He says, hupotasso to God. There in verse seven, in verse five, He says, um, He says, submit to God. Verse 7, submit. Hupotasso is a great Greek word. It means literally to line yourself up underneath the authority of God. We are all people under authority. And James says our ultimate authority is Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth, the King, the reigning despot, the absolute awesome monarch that He is. And that's who He is. And we know who we are. We are the creation. We are those who are subservient to. We are the ones who humble ourselves before. And James says, submit your will. Take that volition, take that strength of yours, and just lay it before the feet of God, the throne of God, and say, Lord, I'm submitting myself unto your authority. Now, think about the elements. If you want the personification, the very embodiment of hupotasso, of submitting and lining yourself up underneath the authority of the Heavenly Father, look no further than Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who laid down His life. Come on now, church. He shed His blood. He, his body was mangled and, and broken as He submitted Himself underneath the authority and the will of God. And that's what James is inviting us to do, especially, I believe, as we come to the table. Come with humility. Come with brokenness. Come in submission. Number two, he says, resist the devil. Resist Satan. Did you see it in verse 7? Resist him, and he will flee from you. 
I can't promise you that, I can almost promise you that tonight at 5.30 there are going to be some stiff arming going on in the Super Bowl. I don't know who you're for, and some of y'all are pulling for Denver, and I'm, I'm kind of pulling for the other team, the, the Carolina Panthers. Man, thank y'all. Appreciate that. Feel that love. Feel it. Feel it. And I, I hope Cam just stiff arms the stew out of Von Miller. I don't care that he played for A&M. I just hope he just stiff arms him good and just puts him in the ground. But anyhow, there's going to be some stiff arming tonight in the Super Bowl. And you watch it. When a, when a man has the ball and there's a guy flying toward him, going to take him out, he's not going to go, ooh, 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 take me out, brother. Just lean right onto him. Just smack me good right now. No, he's not going to do that. And, that. and we shouldn't do that with the evil one. When we see him coming, when we see him tempting us, when he see him just coming after us, the Bible says he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and tear into pieces. And so what James is saying is give him this, bam, stop. Just resist him in the strong arm and the strong name of Jesus of Nazareth. That's what we do. We submit to God, we don't submit to the devil. We submit to God and we stiff arm him, we resist him. That's commandment number two. We got about eight more. Look at them before we go. Number three says, draw near to God. Come close to the Lord. Intimacy with the divine is the privilege of the child of God. At the table of grace, we draw near unto him. The Bible says when you draw near to God, he draws nigh or he draws near unto you. So in a few moments, when you take that bread and you take that juice, just close your eyes and say, God, I'm coming. I'm drawing near into the very presence of God. Next, he says, cleanse your hands and purify your hearts. It's interesting, the Greek word here for cleanse is katharizo. It's where we get our English word catharsis. Catharsis, that's such an active, robust word. When you think of the word catharsis, you think of a deep, stain-removing cleansing. And that's what James is saying. He says, cleanse your hands and purify your very hearts before God. Don't come stained. Don't come without having taken a bath. Ask the Holy Spirit of God to bathe you and ask the blood of Jesus to cleanse you as you come into the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find grace to help you in your time of need. He says, purify your hearts, you Dysakos. It's an interesting Greek word. It's translated double-minded. The prefix di, di, to, and then it's got the word psychos, or it's where we get the word psychology, psychosis. It, it's your mind. It's your soul. It's your very being. And James is saying when we, when our hands are dirty and our hearts are hardened, our mind, it's divided. And in James 1.8, he uses this word double-minded. He says, you're mistaken. You, you're, you've got it all wrong. Listen, listen to what he says in James 1.8. He says, he who is of a double mind is unstable in all of his ways. You can't serve both God and yourself. You have to come to this point in your life when you're saying, God, I surrender. I submit to you. I resist the devil. I draw near unto you. God, purify my hand. Who, who can ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who can stand in the place of the great? He who has clean hands and who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, the psalmist says. And so what are we doing here? We're preparing. We're getting ready to come to God's table, the table of grace. 
Next he says, lament, mourn, weep, and be turned. Some of you are going, what, what does that mean? I thought in Christianity it was all joy and happiness, and I thought it was all peace, loving, freedom, and man, you got an Americanized version of Christianity. You didn't get a biblical version of Christianity. The biblical version of Christianity says, no, when there is sin and when there's rebellion against God, there should not be myrrh and laughter and frivolity and flippancy and this casualness. No, no, no. James says, lament and weep before God. Pour out your heart to God. Take sin very, take it so seriously Jesus did. He died on a cross. And he wasn't laughing, he wasn't, he wasn't all, whoa, look at this, this is pretty cool, this is all fun. No, there's brokenness. But watch this, church. When you have brokenness, and you have lamenting, and mourning, and weeping, and you have a turning away from sin, then, and only then, does it get good in the Christian life. Without this one, you can't have this. Listen, without the crucifixion, there's never the resurrection and the ascension. Without the repentance and the brokenness before God, then you don't experience the joy of forgiveness. If you don't get in the shower and wash that thing off, it's going to get worse. And that's what we do. We come to Jesus with brokenness, with humility, with lamenting and mourning over our sin and over that which has separated us from a holy God. These are the commands of God. And the last one is, verse 10, he just says, and humble yourself. Humble yourself before the Lord, and God will exalt you. He will lift you up. Those are the commands. Just look briefly at the promises. Look at these seven promises. They're so powerful. And the first ones are in verse 5. It says, do you think the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit dwells in us? Isn't that sweet? The Holy Spirit of God dwells in the people of God, and He yearns for us with jealousy. What does that mean? That means God wants us for Himself. He doesn't want us giving our allegiances and our devotion and our worship to other things, to other people, to other substances. To, God wants us for Himself, and He yearns for… Do you, it's almost like the Spirit of God is saying, Great Hills, prepare yourself, get ready, and come to the table of grace. The Spirit of God is calling you. The Word of God is commanding you. And the love of God is compelling you. Come and come now and, and come, with, come with reverence. Come with respect. Come with repentance and receive the joy and the forgiveness of God. He yearns for us jealously. And David Crowder got it right. He is jealous for me. I love the Holy Spirit. The more I know about Him, the more I just love him. I got to tell y'all a quick story, and then we're going to move, move quickly and get into the, the table. But I, this is just so good, I, I could not help but tell you the sweet story about the Holy Spirit. And I'm, I'm telling you, there is a guy, he's probably here right now. He believes in the Holy Spirit. He believes that God did something miraculous in his life. Last Sunday, Ashley and I were greeting guests as the service said, I'm just about out of breath. I think I'm preaching too hard. Let me just take a chill pill for just a second, all right? All right. Anybody need one? They're right up here. So we're greeting guests, and this guy comes to us 
Catherine, you're here too. She said, tell him. Tell him what you told me. And this guy, I've never seen this guy before. Nice looking African American gentleman. I don't know how old you are, but I think you're here today. And he looked at me and he said, um, you know, God has been speaking to me. He's been talking to me about the number seven. And I get that because seven is the number of completion, holism, and so forth. And when you see in the Bible, it's replete with the number seven. That didn't strike me. It's very strange. I said, oh, that's good. He said, at 7.30 this morning, somehow you were on my television preaching to me about the number seven, and God's already been talking to me about the number seven. Then he got my attention. I thought, this is interesting. And he goes, I've never been here before. But when I turned out, he said, I don't know how you got on my TV, but you were on my TV and you were preaching to me. And by the way, it's on KBVO every Sunday morning at 730. And we're preaching through the book of Revelation. Have you all ever gone through that study before? You've done that, right? You've been there. You've done that. Well, now we're replaying it. And so we're, we're broadcasting it. And this guy's sitting there and he goes, I got up, I got dressed, and I came to church today. First time ever. And I said, well, I don't want to mess you up, but I'm about to tell you something. And he looked at me, and I said, in my hand, I want to give you a free book on the seven churches of the book. And he goes, oh, mercy. He goes, oh, my. He's bad. He goes, this is too much. He said, Pastor, I'll see you next week. Bring in my whole family. Don't you just love the Holy Spirit? Hey, he, he, does, he does stuff like that. He, he yearns for us. He's jealous for us. He loves us so much that he'll do these strange, bizarre things like, boom, plant my face on a television. That's, that's, God does those kind of things. Man, when God starts doing those kind of things, it just absolutely gets exciting. Okay, let me, let me give you these other promises. We've got the Spirit yearns for us. The Spirit, he's jealous for us. He dwells in us. Two times it says God gives grace. God gives more grace. Do you hear, James? He's torn us down. Okay? He did. Hey, listen, you weren't listening if you didn't hear him say, purify your hands, you reprobate. Get right before God. I mean, he's, he's bringing it. He's preaching it. You say, yeah, why, why do you preachers do that? Why, why, why don't we just make our church a big happy place and just come in and pack it out and just talk about how wonderful life is and how joyful life is? That just ain't reality. That's not reality. You get sick. You get cancer. You go bankrupt. You have a marriage that struggles. And in that struggle, that's reality. And God meets you there. And when you repent, and when you believe, and when you call upon the name of Jesus, then He touches you. Then He heals you. Listen, that's genuine Christianity. That's not some pie-in-the-sky... I'm not going to say any names. I'm just keep keep preaching. Keep preaching the Word. Adam, quit laughing. All right, I'm going to keep, keep preaching. <laughs> Just kidding, Adam. You know what's cool when you've been in a church long? You, you recognize people's laughs. That's, that's pretty fun, you know. That's pretty cool. Where was I? Let me think a second. Grace. Grace, grace, grace. God says it. He goes, but He gives more Grace. He says, God resists the proud, and He gives grace. He gives grace to the humble. Next, He says, God draws near to you. When you submit to Him, when you come close to Him, God makes you this promise that He will draw near to you. Next, God lifts you up. Did you see that? He says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He, 
He will raise you. He will lift you high. Would you jot this verse down? I meant to put it on the PowerPoint, but I, I forgot. Would you write down the word Psalm 40, verse 2? In your outline there, under the promises of God, write this psalm down, 42. Let me read it to you, and we're going to get to the table. Listen to this. Oh, oh son, this is good. Listen. If you're listening, say amen. amen. If you're bored out of your mind, say, I'm bored out of my mind. Okay, good. I'm glad. <laughs> Run the risk there. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit. Out of the miry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock and he established my steps. Isn't that good? Listen, life has pits, it has miry clay, it has quicksand, it has sin, it has difficulty, it has pain. But man, when we humble ourselves before God, cast ourselves upon the mercy of God, he gives grace. He gives restoration. He gives power. He gives anointing. He gives the presence of His Holy Spirit. The blood of His Son, Jesus, cleanses us from all of our sin. And all we've got to do is say, God, I'm sorry. I blew it. Would you forgive? Man, man, that's all you have to do. Say, God, I'm sorry. I blew it. And God says, come on. Here it is. Bam. And God forgives you. God cleanses you. God restores you. But you've got to admit, first of all, that you got a need, all right? you got an issue. you got problems. Phillips, Craig, and Dean say this. Hear the good news. You've been invited. No matter what others may say, your darkest sins, they will be forgiven. You will always have a place. At the table of grace, you heard this? The cup's never empty. The plate's always full. And it's never too late. Who needed that? Who needed to hear that it's not too late for me? The Spirit of God just, just impressed me. There's somebody here today that you needed to hear it. You can't run so far that the hand of God cannot reach you. He loves you. He's pursuing you. He yearns for you. He wants you for himself. And I'm telling you, hell itself cannot prevent the mighty, outstretched arm of God's grace. He loves you, friend. He's reaching to you. You have not gone too far, okay? At the table of grace, the cup's never empty. The plate's always full, and it's never too late. So come and be filled with love never ending, because you're always welcome at the table of grace. Father, thank you that we get to come to the table. We get to eat this bread and drink of this cup, Lord, that it points to the, the grace of God, the forgiveness of God. Lord, I pray for all of us that we would obey the commands, we would humble ourselves, submit to you, purify our hands, cleanse our minds, resist the devil, Lament, mourn, weep, turn, do all of those things, God, that you've asked us to do. And as we do them as sure as there is a God in heaven, you will unleash your favor. And there will be joy today, God. There will be forgiveness and restoration. There will be healing and peace. And Lord, I'm just looking forward to it. Would you have your way? Do your will in us right now, God, even now, as we get ready to partake of these 
sacred time. Oh, God, the sacred supper. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So deacons, y'all come and service. God bless you.